You're listening to the City Hope Church podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope this can inspire you and build your faith. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, everybody. Who's excited to be at church this morning? Yeah? It's a great day. I've been waiting to say that for like three weeks, and uh, or three or four weeks, and uh, I am so happy to be back and uh, able to preach to you this morning. I have been off for, a, been right at a month, and so I told the team early this morning in our pre-service rally, I said, I might be a little rusty at the 9 o'clock, and so just forgive me, because I've had several weeks off, and so if you don't like it, I guess you can watch the 11 o'clock message. I'll put it, I'll, I'll bring it back all back together there. Uh, but anyway, hey, I'm so glad that you're here. And uh, it, it's great to be back. I'm excited to preach to you in this series that we've called Travel Light. And uh, Pastor Tyler, hasn't he done just such a fantastic job over the last couple of weeks? And uh, I'm very thankful for him and the words that he's brought. And uh, it's been absolutely fantastic. And uh, man, what a great Christmas season. I don't know about you. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm feeling the, 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 the Christmas season uh, at, right now. We've had the, we went to the Christmas tree lighting ceremony here in town on Friday, and it was beautiful. It just kind of set off the, uh, the Christmas season for us. How many of you have been buying some gifts recently? You've got, how many of you got your shopping done already? I want to see you guys. Yeah, you're my favorite people. Uh, uh, yeah. And how many of you, you're going to wait till the day before Christmas to buy something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazon came late, didn't they? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I understand uh, as much as I would like to be ahead of the game, I have barely brought, bought a Christmas present. And so uh, anyway, I, am, I unfortunately fall into that category. And uh, man, that's, that's where we're at. Talking about Christmas uh, real quick, you saw in the video announcements that we are having Christmas at the Liberty Theater this year, which I'm very excited about. If you were at Christmas last year in this room, it was packed, and so much. We set out some extra chairs, and we were just <laughs> all, uh, you know, 300 candles in this room does not sound like a great idea. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and they're real candles, everybody. We're not doing the. It's real candles, and so anyway, we'll at least if we burn that down, we'll. It's not our. No, I'm just kidding. And. Uh, <laughs> I just kidding. I just kidding. We're gonna have a beautiful service. It's gonna be a candlelight service uh, at the theater, and I am so excited. The worship team is working hard on putting together some beautiful uh, songs and arrangements, Christmas elements together. Uh, we'll have the reading of the Christmas story. We'll share a candle lighting together. It's a perfect time to invite your friends. Uh, family. I would love for you to just make this a holiday tradition in your family. Uh, this service is going to be at 6 p.m., and we promise it will only last at an hour. So we, don't, we know uh, some of the families, you, know, you, you don't want to get some looks like you're late. I'm not going to make you have that look like you're late to your family party, okay? So uh, I promise you we'll, we'll keep it at an hour. Uh, but we would love for you to join us and invite somebody uh, with us uh, that is Christmas Eve at the theater with us doing. Christmas Eve, I don't know if you know this, but Christmas Eve is on a Saturday, and that means Christmas Day falls on a Sunday. That means there will be no weekend services on December the 25th, so come and celebrate Christmas with us 
on Saturday night and Sunday morning. We know that you've got traditions and all kinds of places and things to go. In fact, we're just going to give our team, how many of you believe our team could use a little break too? And so we're going to give our team a break from from Christmas services. We're going to put that big one on and we won't have services on December the 25th. So don't show up here on Christmas Day. Join us on Christmas Eve and that's kind of our holiday schedule. You got it? You got it. All right. Good deal. Well, we're in this series called Travel Light, where we have been talking about how to let go of some of the wrong stuff in your life. And Pastor Tyler's done a great job of this over the last couple of weeks. He's talked about bitterness. He's, he's talked about different things that we just need to let go. And I don't know about you, but as you travel through life, doesn't it amaze you of the like things that you just... like? I was thinking about this week about all the stuff that I've just collected over the last couple years. And uh, me and Emily, we, we, we've, we've been married for, what, two years or so? You know, I, I should know that. Uh, <laughs> for the short amount of time that me and Emily have been married, uh, we have accumulated a lot of stuff. And I don't know about you, but how many of you just, like, realized one day, like, it's like you wake up one day and you're like, man, I accumulated a lot of junk. You ever realize that, like, what did I ever do with this? And so, y'all want to see our junk? I just thought I'd bring some pictures of, uh, yeah, yeah, I know, Emily might be upset and offended by this. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if any of these pictures don't make it to the next service. Uh, <laughs> I just I thought it would be fun. I, this week I went around the house, took some pictures of some things that I think are junk in the house, and, and just wondering why we have it. How many of you have a box of cords? Just a, just a big box of cords that is like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like one day I might need this analog video cord, you know, like... <laughs> One day, you never know. It has, I mean, this is like, we've got like a GameCube remote in here and old, I mean, just all kinds of, <laughs> I feel like everybody has one of those and that, yeah, we, we, we hold on to it because, you know, it, it's just junk. It's just junk. But anyway, uh, uh, another thing that we have, this was very interesting. Um, yeah, Gail, you can have it. I'll, I'll, it's a, 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 a bedazzled dog succulent. If, it, if a dog succulent wasn't enough, they put little rhinestones all over it. And then, and then yeah. And so, anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, don't be giving that away. Uh, why do we have this? Anyway, you ever just wonder, like, where, where, okay, we really spent $5 at TJ Maxx on that? Okay. Okay, this is just, since I picked on Emily, this is just a bag of screws and random things. Any guys out there, you just got like in some, in, in like jars of screws and like you don't have any idea where they go to. But again, like one day, one day, you might go to this. This one's kind of funny. It's an empty fish bowl because, you know, our fish died like six years ago. But one day we might like have the gumption to own another fish. And so, you know, there, there we are. And then I feel like this next one, every one of you, you have this next one and you don't even know it. You know what it is? How many of y'all, as a raise of hands, you got a junk drawer? I feel like that's a staple. You're right, right? And, and, and some of y'all are pros. You got like three junk drawers. You got five junk drawers. Every, <laughs> everything in the kitchen's a junk drawer. You know, like you pull out the drawer. Yeah, we're going to have some help for you. But uh, anyway, and I was taking this picture last night, and Reggie was like, what are you doing? <laughs> he, he, was, he was waiting for a treat. The treats don't come out of the junk drawer, but maybe they drop out. I don't know. You never know. But I was just looking at a, a bag of keys that we have no idea what goes to, some, some knobs for our kitchen cabinets, uh, 
some pliers, some LED strip lights. This actually, I was like, what in the world? Complete dental care. I almost got this out. I'm like, I found my new toothbrush. Uh, and it is dog toothbrush. Apparently, we had an idea to brush Reggie's teeth, but uh, we haven't opened that package yet. Uh, some serving tags that we've lost, uh, you know, a little tea light candle. You, you never know what you're going to need. Whatever you need, you can probably find it in the junk drawer. Amen, everybody? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, I'm not going to let you stare and judge my junk drawer any longer. But uh, <laughs> we accumulate all kinds of, it's like, where in the world did this stuff come from? Like, and, uh, and that's what we do. And, and we do that throughout life. We do it with stuff. But how many of you also know that we, we accumulate some things that are far worse sometimes, some things that hurt us? We, we accumulate a bunch of hurts or problems or stress. And uh, we just, we, we hold on to it. We just put it in the junk drawer of our soul is what we do. And we have a lot of stuff. And this series is about letting go of some of that and moving on, moving past the things that weigh us down, moving past the things that hold us down so that we can live a God-honoring life, so that we can live the life that God has for us. And like I said, Tyler did such a great job of, of the first week he talked about letting go of your past. And he shared a powerful story about letting go of the past. If you missed it, I'd encourage you to watch that, listen to the podcast. Last week, he talked about bitterness. But today, I want to talk about probably one of the hardest things to do. Um, and and y'all love, you're, you're like, yeah, Pastor Noah's back. Now he's giving me the hardest thing ever to do. Yeah, great. Uh, but uh, today, I am going to talk about something that's very difficult to do. And I want to talk about letting go of self. I've titled this message, Letting Go of Self. You know, a couple of years ago, um, while I was working in Tulsa, I, I was on my way to work, and my daily routine to, to go to work was get in the car, plug in my phone, and either, either put, put on a podcast or some worship music. That day, I put on a little Hillsong worship, everybody, you know, and we're just worshiping on the way to work. And, uh, and, and, you know, how many of you, you ever get on the, you ever, so on my way to work, I had to get on the interstate to jump into work. How many of you just ever feel the spirit of the Lord leave you once you just get on the interstate? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like it is all like immediately, like it's <laughs> all the feelings are gone. Hillsong's not working anymore. Like elevation worship don't do the trick anymore. That's not that's not working. And and that's what happened. I got onto the interstate and I got into some traffic and uh, and I was just so aggravated that just that feeling just left me. And uh, I'm on my way to work in a three lane highway and I'm well, I'm going and. Uh, this car, I'm in the, of course, I'm in the, in the fast lane, and, uh, and I'm passing somebody in this car while I'm passing another car trying to try my best to kind of go the speed limit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, this other car who had no uh, care for the speed limit gets right up behind me, and you know how they, they just ride on your bumper. It's just, it makes you aggravated. And, uh, and apparently I didn't get around fast enough, so beep the horn a little bit. And so now I'm mad. You know, I just get, I, I'm just frustrated, you know. And Hillsong's going, Oceans is going in the background. It's beautiful. And, and, I'm, <laughs> and I'm in the car mad, and I'm like, I've thrown my hands up in the air. And you know how you, like, look in the rearview mirror, and you're, like, mouthing, like, you're just like, <laughs> you know what and nothing's really coming out. Like, you're not really shouting anything. Nothing's coming out, but you're just, you're just telling them how you... And that, that, that's what I was doing this morning. And uh, I, I literally went from, like, shout to the Lord to, like, shouting at this guy. That's, that's, what, I, that's what I'm doing. 
and uh, and and the lane the lane next to me finally was empty, and I was getting ready to you know turn, get get into the right lane. Well, before of course I could even get into the right lane, this guy speeds, wraps around me. I'm so mad at this guy. I'm ready to give him everything that I got, and I and I realize I look over and I realize that this is a fellow coworker that I work with at the church. Everybody, <laughs> he pulls around me with this little church sticker on the, and I was like. Are you kidding me? I was, I was ready. If I would have had the power, I would have kicked him out of that church, everybody. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> but that, I, I literally went from in a moment, praise the Lord, to, uh, to right in my flesh in just a minute. You know what I mean? And, and that's, that's what we do. And many of us, uh, that, that's how we feel. We, we, we want to live by the Spirit. And we want to have the faith. And we, wa- we want to have these big moments, but it's just like something silly almost every day it just takes that away from us. And I just wanted to dedicate this message to those of you who maybe you feel like you're trying, you, you feel like you're in the same way. You're trying to battle the tension of you want to live in the Spirit, you want to live by the Spirit, but you're constantly battling with yourself. You're constantly battling with self. And, and I'm in the mood to preach to you this morning, and, uh, and I, I'm just going to give this to you up front, that this message may stomp on some toes just a little bit. And, uh, and so I just want to warn you. So if, if you think you can handle it, if you say, I'm gonna, I can handle this message, Pastor Noah, just say, I can handle it. Say, I can handle it. Can. All right, you guys asked for it. Just remember that at the end. You said, you, you said that you can handle it. And really, and honestly, this message that I'm going to preach to you today um, is, is, is not a message to preach to add a lot of new people to the church. You know, that, that's not a message uh, to preach to try to really grow a church. This is a message to preach for me to grow our people. And that's what I want to do is I want to, I don't just want to grow our church in numbers, but I want to grow you. Um, I, want to, I want to grow and challenge our people. And this is honestly kind of deep end of the pool type preaching that I'm going to give you today. And uh, I know when I say deep into the pool, some of y'all are already like trying to check out like, oh man, that just means confusing. Like it's going to be really confusing. Listen, I, I, I talk to some people who say, well, it ain't, it ain't deep unless it totally confuses me. And it's like, are you kidding me? Like that's, to me, that's not deep. To me, deep is love your neighbor as yourself. Like that's challenging to me. That's what's deep. Deep is when you face a biblical truth that's hard for you to do. And that's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to give you, uh, and, and honestly, I want to take you to a place that is challenging. That I, I think it's a place that's going to challenge you. But I do believe that if you would live out this principle, that if you would put this in your life, that I think it could change your life for the good like no other thing could do. I mean, I, I'm, I'm very passionate about this. And, and when we talked about, when me and Tyler talked about setting up this series and, and talking about experiencing freedom and letting go of the baggage that so many of us handle, especially around Christmas time. I mean, we just, we, we, we carry all this stuff with us. The whole idea of this series was just to let it go. And I can't think of a better message to give you than this one, to let go of yourself. Because a lot of us, it is ourself that gets in the way more than anything else, more than any type of family drama or anything else. It is ourself that so often gets in the way. It's the baggage that we ourselves, we are the ones who are carrying it. And there's a daily decision that I want you to add to your life. And Paul talks about it in the book of Galatians is what we're going to study today. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, it says this, Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. 
And he says, I no longer live, but it's Christ who lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I love the wording that Paul uses here. He says, I've been crucified with Christ. Paul is trying to teach us that there's actually an art to dying every day. There is an art for you to die every day. You know why he says it like that? I think it's because when, when he says that you need to die every day, you need to die daily to your flesh, you know what I've noticed about dead people? And this is, you might be like, uh-oh, what, what, <laughs> what have you noticed about dead people? Well, here's what I've noticed about dead people. How many of you know that dead, a dead person doesn't get mad? A dead person doesn't get upset. A dead person doesn't get jealous. I, I, I mean, they're just dead. Like they're, 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 they're dead. And, and that's what I think Paul is talking about here. When we, when we talk about, we, we call this in Christianity, living the crucified life, dying to ourselves. And I know no one went, amen, pastor, preach it, hallelujah to this, because I know I, this is a, it, it's a very tough thing to do. But if you want to experience, in order for you to experience real freedom, in order for you to drop the baggage and begin to travel light, you have to understand this principle of dying. You have to come to an understanding of it. Jesus talks about it. It's not just Paul. Jesus gives us this idea in Matthew chapter 16 where he says this, From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law. What this verse is saying is that Jesus is at the end of his ministry. He's about to be put to death on the cross, and he's preparing his disciples for it. And look at what it goes on to say. He says that, and, and he must be killed, and on the third day he's going to be raised back to life. And Peter doesn't like this. Peter instead takes this information and takes Jesus aside and he begins to rebuke Jesus. Can I tell you one, one, th one telltale sign that maybe for you that you're living in the flesh is the fact that anything that God says that you have a problem with, any scripture that you read that you have a problem with, you might be living in the flesh. Like, and this is what happens with Peter. Jesus himself says, this is what's going to happen to me, and Peter can't even accept it. His flesh can't accept it, and he begins to rebuke Jesus, and he says, never, Lord. He said, this shall never happen to you. And Jesus turns to Peter and says some of the most shocking words we ever see in scripture. He says, get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me. And you do not have in mind the things of God, but rather the things of men, your flesh. That, that's what you're concerned about, Peter. And he goes on, then Jesus said to his disciples, well, if anyone would come after me, he must, what? Deny himself. He's got to deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Again, Jesus introduces this concept of dying every day. Honestly, I think it's a concept to be able to travel light, to die to the things of your, of your earthly flesh, sinful desire. In fact, I really do believe that the people who live their life to the full are not living it based off of their emotions. They're not living it based off of their way and what they can do. Instead, they practice a discipline that needs to be in the church, everybody. It needs to be a part of the church, which is living a crucified life. And so in order for you to live your life to the full, something has to die. If you want to travel light, something has to die because you can't carry it all yourself. And look at Jesus finishes this up and says, for whoever wants to save his life 
you're going to lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will actually find life. And I'm convinced that's why you're here today. (laughs) It's because you're looking for some life. You've come into this room looking for some life. And I just think that if you could understand this discipline of living the crucified life, a life that regularly puts to death some things in your life, I think, I, think it could, I think it could totally change some things in your life. Listen, if I would have started that day how I should have started, what I didn't tell you is the day that I got so frustrated and aggravated at the traffic is I started that day waking up late, snoozing my alarm, barely getting up in time, just getting in the car in time. And I felt like maybe the Hillsong worship would just kind of take all that away. If I would have started the day how I needed to, with maybe a devotional, maybe some time in God's presence in the morning, if I would have started that day, guess what? All those things, the, the emotions, the impatience that I experienced, listen, there, could, there was nothing on Interstate 44 that I was driving. There could have been nothing on Interstate 44 that would have made me mad or aggravated if I would have started my day in the right way. If I would have crucified myself right there and just said, you know, God, it's not my way, your way. And honestly, a lot of people don't like to hear that. I don't like to hear that. You know, I would rather, most of us, most of you would rather me preach a message on how Interstate 44 could change. How we could have six lanes instead of three. You know, and that, that's honestly what we would, that's, that's what we want to hear. But I, I'll say it like this. We, can, we want change situations, but God wants to change us. And that's hard to do. And it's hard to look in the mirror sometimes and realize that. It's hard to think about that. But honestly, we, we, we think that everything around us should change, but God wants to change us. And can I tell you, I recognize that maybe today, maybe you're in a tough situation today. Or maybe you're, maybe you're just married, you feel like you're married to a tough person, or you're in a tough job, or you're in a tough financial situation and listen, I still, I, I, I still have those issues in my life. Like, I still have things that I, have, I pray for change in my life as well. But at the end of the day, you know what I found out? Is that, that if you really want to find life, even if those situations eventually change, like even if my financial situation changes, or even if my marriage changes, or even if my job changes, what you'll find out at the end of the day is that you're still the same person on the inside You're just in a new environment. And that's the problem for so many of us. Some of us, we've used our life and we've run from one thing to another. We've run from one job to the other. We've run, some of us, we've ran from one church to the other church and we're looking for the right thing. And we're just, and we just think that it's, it's their problem and it's their problem and it's, they don't act like this. And listen, at the end of the day, even when you change it, 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 nothing has changed because you're still the same person. You're still the same. And listen, I can still be just as angry at I-44 in the morning, even if there was no traffic at all. If I was the only car on the interstate, I can still be just as angry at it because I got a 15-minute drive to work still. You know, I I, I mean, it's just, I don't need to change, or or, or my situation doesn't need to change. I need to change. And that's what what I want to give you today. But in order for us to change, what Paul says and what Paul teaches us is that something has to die. Something has to die. In fact, in Romans chapter 6, Paul says this. He says, For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with. You know what? That, what is Paul talking about? Well, he's saying, so, so if I crucify my old self, if I crucify my old anger, 
That, that I, I'm hoping that that anger, that impatience, that anxiety is done away with. He goes on to say that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died, guess what? You've been freed from sin. How do you want to be freed from sin? You have to die to it. And I want to teach you this. And this is something that the Apostle Paul learned. And not only did he learn this, but he also shares it. Uh, this is one of the most popular things that he shares. He actually shares this idea of living a crucified life uh, with, with, one of his brother, or with one of his brothers in Christ, Timothy. He actually talks about this again. So this is a popular topic. And you say, well, how do, how do I do this? And how Practically, how do we live that crucified life? Well, here's what I've discovered. Uh, in fact, today, really, this message is, is very basic that I'm bringing you today because, honestly, it's just a Bible study out of the book of Galatians. If you read the book of Galatians, there is three different times this word crucified is mentioned in Galatians, three different times and three different chapters. And all I'm bringing you today is really a basic Bible study of what the word crucified in Galatians means. And so your outline today comes from that word crucify in the three different places in the book of Galatians. And I think there's three different things, three different things that I think we can learn from each time it's mentioned in Galatians. Here's the first one, is that we have to crucify self. This is what I've been talking about. We have to crucify self. This comes from the verse that we've already read. I've just highlighted it different for you. Notice all the eyes. I have been crucified, and I no longer live. The life I live in the body, I live by faith. It's all about self when we talk about it at, at first here. We literally, I believe, that we literally need to come to a place where we say every day, Lord, I, I give you my life. I surrender my life. It's almost, I, I think the beautiful picture of this is like the, the salvation moment that we have at every service. It's just a rededication of, Lord, I give you my life. By the way, that's why we pray that prayer every single week. Because it's just, to me, it's just a recommitment of, Lord, I, here I am again. I once again surrender my life. And I'm just, my, my question for you today is, what if you did that on the regular? What if you did that regularly in your life? You say, but Pastor Noah, I'm already saved. I've already prayed that prayer. And yes, true, it is done. You've done it. But I want to show you a beautiful principle that I think, honestly, even though, even though you've already done it, and yes, God accepts it, I think it's a great idea just to every day, daily, just recommit yourself and remind yourself who you belong to, that it's not about me, it's not about myself. No, Lord, I commit my life to you. In fact, Paul says it like this, I die every day. Yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a daily decision. You know what that means? Paul, I think Paul knew that we would have a tendency to try to run back to our old way of living. I think he knows that. He knows that every day that we have a choice, that either we can live for the Lord or we can run back to the old way of which we're, we're used to doing. And, you know, and, and, he, and he gives us a secret of how, how, do you, how do you not run back to your old way of life? Well, you do it every single day. I die every single day. And I think Paul knew that, that there, was, there was this secret of coming back to the Lord every single day, almost like that salvation prayer again that we do. Like, what, what would happen? What would happen if you started your day by just saying, Lord, Lord, once again, I say yes to you. 
Like I surrender my life to you. And I say no to the plan of the enemy on my life. What would happen if you prayed prayers? Like, you know what, Lord? Today, once again, I receive your forgiveness. I thank you that my sins are forgiven. And Lord, today, Lord, there's going to be some people at work today that I already know I'm not in the mood for them. You know what I mean? You know, like, I, like I, I'm, I know that they drive me crazy every day. But Lord, I forgive them already. Lord, I, I, I give you my attitude this morning. Like, before my attitude gets out of check and... I, Lord, I just, I just decide that I'm just going to die to it. And Lord, would you replace my attitude? What, what if you prayed just through the fruits of the Spirit and just said, Lord, I just replace my attitude with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Lord, would you, just, would you just grow that in me? And Lord, would you just put that on the inside of me? And Lord, what if you just prayed, Lord, help, help my mouth today and everything that comes out of my mouth, Lord, would it help? Would, would you just help me to build people up instead of tearing them down? And Lord, today my ears are going to hear some bad things today. But Lord, help me, help me turn, help me hear your voice instead of the voice of a stranger. Like, Lord, I, uh, God, let my hands do what you've, what you've called me to do. Let him do good to people today. And let my mind be the mind of Christ. And let me think on things that are excellent and praiseworthy and pure. And Lord God, let my feet, take my feet today. Take me to the right places at the right time. Lord, you ordain every one of my appointments. Lord, you ordain my steps. What would happen if just every day you would just resurrender and just die to yourself? And say, Lord, I give it all to, I give my, I, I, think, I think it's a good practice. It's a prayer that every once in a while, when I just need to refocus, it's a prayer that I just pray. I like, I just think of every body part that I got. You know, just, Lord, my eyes, my mind, my ears, my feet. Lord, you just, sometimes you just have to refocus. And I'm just, I die to all of this today. And I surrender it to you. And Lord, let your way be, have your way in me. And I'm just telling you, it changes my day. And I think it can do the same thing to you. I mean, you want to travel a lot. You want to let go of the baggage. Man, let go of this. Let go of self. And I think it can make a powerful impact in your life. And, and the funny thing is, and what I've kind of found out, and I think this is kind of hilarious, how many of you know that that prayer kind of, doesn't it seem like it only lasts for about 24 hours or so? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's like, it, it, and that's, I think that's why Paul says, like, I die every single day. It's a, it's a recommitment. Here's another scripture I wanted to give you out of John chapter 3. It says this, he must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. Some translations say he must increase, I must decrease. And every day, what, 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 what would happen? What would happen in that moment where you say, Lord, I just humble myself before you? And you know what? Noah has a big old ego every single day. And, you know, Lord, I just have to, I don't want it today. God, I want you to be great, not me. And I, I, I read a quote to you, I, I think in our prayer series, just a couple, couple of months ago. But I love this quote that says, a man on his face cannot fall from that position. I mean, and that's just, that, that's, sometimes that's just where we need to start. What would life be like if you started out that low every day? I tell you, you couldn't fall. Nothing could get in your way. And I t I'll, I'll tell you this, you wouldn't be running in the kitchen every morning barking orders at your spouse and being mad at your kids and everything else. You know what I mean? Like, like if you started that way, I guarantee that wouldn't happen. Well, you say, Pastor Noel, what's the point? What's the point to all this? Well, it's simply this, your action step, humility. 
Man, we just need to humble ourselves. And you wouldn't think that this word would give you life, but honestly, there's far few, there's fewer words that will give you any more life than this one. Just to start in humility. You got it? Am I challenging you this morning? I wanted to just, I wanted to challenge you a little bit. I hope, I hope I am. Here's point number two is this, is that we have to crucify our flesh. We have to crucify our flesh. And flesh just simply means our passions and desires is what I'm talking about here. In fact, Galatians chapter 5, this is the next place we see it in the book of Galatians. It says this, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. What does that mean? Well, all of us have passions and desires that the world is telling us to trust. How many of you have noticed that? The world is telling you to trust your own passions and desires. I mean, that's, the, that's really the new theology that we have today, is that you just got to trust how you feel. You got to trust the, the way that, that, that's just who you are. We hear that all the time. In fact, I even talk to people who are like, well, I'm just, I'm just angry because that's just the Irish in me, or that's just the German in me. You know what I mean? Like, and I just want to like say, like, that's not the Irish in you. That's the flesh. Like, that's your passions and desires. And people say, well, that's just who I am. And that's a, my, my, my daddy was a mad guy. My grandpappy was a mad guy. You know, like, like that's just, uh, we got red hair, right? We're just firecrackers. That's just, a, that's just a, like, no, that's not. That, there's no truth to that at all. And well, well, my daddy was this way. And he, my daddy was a smoker. And my grandpa was a smoker. So that's just who I, like, no, that's not who you are. You don't have to accept your own passions and desires. You don't have to accept those, but the world, that's what the world is telling everybody, ain't it? I, I, it's just, that's just who you are. That's just who you are. Just go with it. Just go with it. No, listen. Instead, Scripture teaches us something totally different. The Bible all throughout Scripture tells us not to just live by our feelings, not to just live by our thoughts and our passions. No, we're not called to do that. And listen, even as your pastor, listen, I got passions and desires every day that go against God's word. And I just have to choose. I'm not going to live by them. I have to live according to God's word. And listen, I would, <laughs> we, we, have, we have things in our life. Like if I went with my passions and desires, everybody, I wouldn't be your pastor anymore. I'm sorry. But like, that's the truth. You have to die every single day. And we, we all have places in our life where we have to just say, no, you know what? I know, I know that this is how I feel but I'm not going to live by my feelings. And it's the argument that I just really don't understand what the world is trying to give us right now. Of Man, you just got to go with your passions. You just got to go in your, with your desires. And I'm telling you, I seriously, as your pastor, I would be in a mud pit somewhere if I went with my passions and desires. Like, I, I wouldn't be here. Instead, you have to say, Lord, I, I know this is what I want to do, but Lord, these things don't line up with you. And so today, I, I put them to death. I put my sinful nature to death. And that's, that's not just a, a one-time decision that we have to make. I mean, it's a decision that you have to make every single day. You know why? Because the devil is going to make sure that every day you come face-to-face -face with your passions and desires. He's going to remind you every day. And there's going to be a moment in your day, every day, where you have a choice to make. You can either choose in that moment to go by your own passions and desires, or you can choose to trust God's word. Can I just encourage you this morning? I just want to encourage you. Let's live by our choices, not by our feelings. 
I mean, let's live by principle, not by pressure and what the world wants to give us. Let's have a standard in our life. I mean, I just, and I plead with like our young people as well, just have a standard, a way of living that you just, I'm not going to go there. I just am choosing. I'm not going to do that. Have your standard. Let, let your convictions be out of God's word. Come on, somebody. This is a challenging message. I know it is. And people ask me, well, Pastor Noel, what's your opinion on this? What's your opinion on that? And listen, I just tell you, I ain't got an opinion on it. My opinion is God's word. That's how I live. <laughs> I think it's as clear as that. And you say, well, Pastor Noel, that's so hard and it's outdated and it doesn't. Listen, but when you do it and when you trust it, there's freedom on the other side. There's freedom like no other. And I promise you, you, you want to let go of the baggage this Christmas season? Man, trust God at his word. Live according to his standard. And, and I just, I challenge you. I challenge you to do that. And, and, and in fact, scripture says that if you want to have life, Jesus said, if you want to have life, you've got to lose it. Let's look at what Joshua 24 says. Choose. I love the wording of it. Choose for yourselves this day whom you're going to serve. But as for me and my house, he later on goes to say, we're, we're going to, we will serve the Lord. And you know what? It's not an act of feeling. <laughs> It's not I'm waking up today and oh, I feel like believing in Scripture today or I feel like living. A, no, it's a choice. And that's your action step that you got to choose the right things. It's absolutely a choice. And so we start low every day in humility. Listen, I need, I need less of Noah and more of Jesus in my life. That's what I need. And then every day we have choices to make. We're not going to follow our ungodly passions or desires, but in the in the moment, we're going to make a choice. And I'm not, not going to live according to my feelings, but I'm going to live according to God's word. And then the third word, the third time the word crucified is mentioned is in Galatians chapter 6, which talks about crucifying the world. We need to crucify the world. Jot that down. We're going to read this verse. Galatians chapter 6, verse 14. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. What does that mean? I think what Paul's talking about here is that the secret to life-giving freedom is that you have to have this world filter, that there has to be a filter between you and the world. And church, I just want to, I, I, let me help you with this today because every one of us, I think every one of us needs an exercise where we just go through and we say, you know what? There's just some things in the world that I just can't let in me. There's some things in the world that just destroy me. And I need a world, listen, your pastor needs a world filter. There's some things that just bother me, that just disturb me. And you just got to make some choices. And the choices might be something like, well, you know what? I'm not going to listen to that. Some of your choices, and I'm, I'm, tell, I'm not telling you what to do today. I'm just giving you some examples because we've all got different convictions and the Holy Spirit's gonna convict you on some of this. Like some of you might, might say, well, I can't drink that. And the reason that you're convicted about it is because you've got, you've got this issue from generation to generation. And you're just, you've just gotta decide that that's gonna be my filter. I'm not even gonna let that in my life. I can't drink that. I can't listen to that. I can't look at that. I can't, I can't even, some of y'all, you can't even go to places. Like, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to get myself caught in that situation. And we just need a filter that just says, God, I'm, I, I, I'm not going to let this part of the world in my life. 
And I'm afraid that the, the main, a, a big issue in the generation that we live in right now is that so many of us, we have allowed the world to just infect us. We've allowed the world, we've just allowed anything and everything. We just, well, there's no limits on what we can do. And Paul says that I had, that he had to crucify the world to himself. He couldn't live like everyone else lived. And he had to make a decision that I'm just not gonna let it in. I can't let it in. And can I tell you, you're, you're not gonna be a person that lives in God's freedom if, if you let the world tell you how to live. In fact, you're, you're, you won't be the person that lives in God's freedom. If you let Beyonce tell you how to live your life, you know what I'm talking about? And, and that's like, if you let 50 shades of gray tell you how to have a marriage, you're, you're not gonna have one, I promise. I know it sure is quiet in here, ain't it? <laughs> you say, well, Noah, how, how do I know? Well, you don't need me telling you what's right and wrong, but you have the Holy Spirit and many of you, you got the word of God in front of you right now. And, I'm, and I, for me, I've just made some choices in my life that there are just some things that I just won't allow in my life. And, 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 and thankfully, you know, many of you know my story. I mean, I don't, I don't have a, a big complicated story of how I came to Christ. I mean, I, I grew up a Christian most of my life and, and uh, grew up in church, and grew up in a Christian school. And, and I remember... Uh, I graduated Christian school in eighth grade, and next step was go to high school. And I had never been, never been to a public school all through, all through my life. I never, you know, I never realized what the world was really made of until I went to high school. And that was, that was like a, a like I was in my little bubble, and then it was just burst. And, and the high school that I went to, it was not a bad high school or anything. Like it wasn't, there's nothing wrong with it. I just never experienced anything else. And I remember that moment. And I remember the, the feeling of like the world just coming at you, just like, and for me, it was just like all at once, like all of a sudden the world was just, I was just faced with the things of the world. And I hated it, everybody. I absolutely hated it. I remember going to mom and dad and saying, I can't stay there. I gotta go to a Christian high school. I gotta go where all my Christian friends are. You know what I mean? I gotta, it, I later found out that Christians don't go to Christian high schools either, but uh, that, <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole other Whole other issue. I dated Emily and, and, and found that out because, you know, she's a horrible, no, I just, uh, <laughs> a bad girl from Christian high school dating some public school kid. Anyway, yeah, no, but uh, I, I just, I, I, remember, I remember that feeling. Um, and I just, I, I think the, the thing that I remember the most, uh, the, the biggest thing about that was I always just kind of felt out of the loop because we weren't necessarily someone to just stay on top of things. And then, uh, in fact, I, I never really listened to secular music. Like I, I just, it was never really a desire. And honestly, and I'll tell you the truth, I still don't, I still have that personal conviction today. I really don't listen to secular music. Like outside of like an old Coldplay album, <laughs> like, like I really don't listen to much secular music at all. In fact, this might shock you. I've never been to a secular concert. And uh, I am, <laughs> we're facing that fear, I guess. Uh, the, I'm going, guess what? I am going to a Taylor Swift concert, everybody. Yeah, Emily's last word before she went into surgery was, make sure you buy me Taylor Swift tickets for Christmas. So we got them. And so I, I, I'm scared to death, everybody. Like, <laughs> they said, well, we just need a guy to go. No, you don't. Uh, but anyway, we'll see what happens there. But 
But seriously, like, I, I, I don't know. And that's just, honestly, that is a conviction that I have. I just, I just, I, I know what music does to me. And I know the, like, the passions and desires that it can bring out of me. And I just, I just choose to fill my spirit and fill my mind with things that I, I, I think are godly and that lift me up and bring me joy. I don't want to listen to music that tears me down and makes me aggravated and upset at the whole world. Like, I, I just not, and that's just personal conviction of mine. Now, I'm not telling you to go home and, and I'm not telling you to go home and play all your ACDC records backwards or anything. You know, like, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying any of that. Like, I, I, I'm not asking you to have an album burning party after this service. That's not, not what I'm asking. But what I am trying to ask you to do is that there are some places in your life, and music is one for me, but there's some places in your life that it's not, probably not the same, but there's some places that you just can't handle and that you need to have a break in the world somewhere. I'm just encouraging you, church, that we're called to be set apart. And so there's some things that you have to, I mean, I just, you just gotta set some standards. You gotta have a break. And I'm not bragging about my music stuff, not at all. I'm just telling you my story. I hope that you can relate. And can I tell you, I just, I believe that over the years that that break in the world has served me extremely well. I mean, you, You don't need me, like I said, you don't need me to tell you where that line is for you. But what I am asking you today, church, is that you need to have a line somewhere. And where's your line? And you want to travel light? You want to live in freedom? Well, there better be a moment in your life where you say, well, God, less of me, more of you. I'm I'm going to have a filter between me and the world. And then on the inside... I, I mean, just ask God, you know what, 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 what do you want me to do? And maybe you just, maybe you just need to decide, you know what, I'm not going to listen to my emotions. I'm not going to listen to my feelings. I'm not going to listen to that, but I am going to make choices. And better yet, maybe you just say, well, I won't even get involved with it. I don't know what it is for you, but look at what 2 Corinthians says this. And I want to close to you this morning. Verse, chapter 6, verse 17 through 18, it says, Therefore, Come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. It's a world filter I'm I'm telling you about. He says, touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. And I'll be a father to you. And you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Be separate, he says. I mean, I'm just, I've given it to you and I trust. I trust that you've got it. I want you to write down one word and then I want to pray. The action step here, separation. And so every day, we humble ourselves before the Lord. We choose God's word. We choose, we choose what he says over our feelings. And there are some things that the Holy Spirit might just convict us that we just need to be separate from. Would you write this down? Close your eyes, bow your heads. I just want to pray for you this morning. And really what I felt in my spirit today was just, would you just pray that, that uh, would you just pray for the Holy Spirit to just minister to you right now? And what if, what if right now you would just kind of open your hands just right there in your lap and just say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to me right now? And just ask him. For some of you, you need to humble yourself before the Lord. Like this can be a moment right now where you humble yourself before the Lord and say, you know what, I've been, I've been trying to do it all on my own. 
and I, I've, got, I've got too big of an ego and I just need to surrender my life over to the Lord. Man, some of you, you just need to make some choices right now. You need to choose to trust in God's word and to trust God at his word. And for some of you, you, you've done those things, but you need to, it's time for you to draw the line. And there's some things in your life that you, you know, you know right now. I mean, the Holy Spirit is, is talking to you right now. And he's saying, he, he said, oh, that's too far. You don't need to watch that. You don't need to go there. I tell you, it's different for every one of us, but just let the Holy Spirit speak to you right now in this moment. And so, Father, today, Lord, we love you. And, Lord, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that your spirit's here. Lord, I thank you that your spirit that lives within us, Lord, I I believe that it's speaking right now. And so, Lord, I pray on behalf of our church, Lord, I pray that we would be a church that follows you at your word, that trusts you at your word. Lord, we humble ourselves before you. And Lord, we say less of me, more of you. And so, Lord, we invite you into our life. Lord, right now, once again, we just re-surrender our life to you. We just give it back to you. And so, Lord, take our, take our mind, take our eyes, take our ears, Lord. Let our feet go where you want us to go. Lord, we surrender our whole self to you. We humble ourselves before your throne this morning, Lord. Father, today, Lord, I I pray that every one of us would be able to make the right choices. Lord, I pray that we would make God-honoring choices. And so, Lord, I pray for the person in this room who's, who's facing a difficult choice right now. Lord, give them the strength, faith, and courage, Lord. Take care of them, Lord. We sing a song that said, you're the same God. You're the same God that took care of those people. In the Old Testament, New Testament, Lord, you're the same God who works today. And so, Lord, we're trusting that you're going to take care of us as we make these choices. And, Lord, finally, Lord, I pray that you would help us to put a world filter in our life. Lord, help us to separate some things. Lord, some things that you know, you know we just can't handle. Lord, give us those things. Lord, we love you. God, I thank you for this this beautiful congregation. Lord, I thank you that you're speaking to us right now in the mighty name of Jesus. With your heads bowed, eyes closed, if you're in this place today, this is where you surrender. And for some of you, maybe for the first time, would you say, Lord, I give you my life. I make you my Lord. Would you just, would you repeat this after me? Say this, say, dear God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on a cross in my place. But Lord, I believe that you raised him from the dead. Say this, say, Jesus, I make you my Lord. I give you my life. I surrender all of it to you. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for saving me. And thank you for giving me the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Would you clap and thank?